I am Astara. And I'm Orion. And we are Illuminating, Illuminating Hearts. Hearts. Welcome to Bloop, a podcast capturing the sound of imagination. Join us in conversation with many beautiful collaborators on their daily journey. Dropping the pebble of the mind into the pond of the heart. Bloop. <laughs> Welcome to the Bloop podcast. We're so excited to be with you here. It's been a few months and some change since we've done Bloop. We can't think of a better person to restart our Bloop podcast with than Christy Peterson, one of our beloved collaborators and an amazing healer in our community. Hi, welcome, Christy. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, welcome, Christy. Thank you. We're, I'm excited to be here. We're so glad that the mothership dropped you off today. Well, you know, it was running out of gas, and I wasn't sure if I was going to make it on time. <laughs> and then I remembered they don't run on gas. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to start with a personal story that always surprises me when we listen to our intuition. It was Mystic Fest, I think, a couple years ago, maybe uh -huh. even three years ago. And I was walking around booth to booth with Orion and checking things out. I saw her sign and everything in me went, you have to go and talk to this person. And so I walked right up to her. I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was something to the effect of, I'm supposed to meet you and talk to you. <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs> a tea. A couple more teas, a few trades, and a few years later now, we have had amazing opportunities to collaborate and learn from each other. I can't say enough good about Christy. She's been a magical force in my life and helped me heal a lot of things. And she has been somebody who has benefited from our healing. So it's just been a win-win-win. Absolutely a win-win-win. And I said, I don't really have an addictive personality except when it comes to sound. <laughs> and it's like I'm knocking on their door. It feels like at any time, night or day, it's like, I need some sound. <laughs> I need some gongs, some chimes. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, powerful. I want to share a little bit more about Christy for those who do not know her or have not heard of Christy yet. Christy Peterson. And you want to spell it for them? K-R-I-S-T-I. And Peterson is P-E-D-E-R-S-O-N. There's so many different ways to spell it. My mother couldn't even get it right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're looking for her, that's who you want to type in. Christy Peterson is a psychic medium and Reiki master here in Omaha. She has been an intuitive since childhood, but only decided to go public with her gifts in 2014. Mm -hmm. Since then, she has studied with internationally known psychic mediums, John Edward, I don't know how to pronounce James. Van Prague. James Van Prague and Lisa Williams to develop her gifts even more. Christy is one of seven powerful healers that comprise the Soul Council within Souljourn, our latest offering and healing modality. Souljourn dissolves the outdated belief that you have to manage your healing journey alone. The Soul Council is a diverse community of healers collaborating intimately together to help you deeply heal along your soul journey adventure. Christy is not only a healer, she is also a published author of three books, An Extraordinary Life, which was published in 2010, We Are Not Alone, My Extraterrestrial Contact, published in 2019, and Between Earth and Heaven, A Beginner's Guide to Living a Spiritual Life, published 
in this month. Yes. <laughs> 2021. <laughs> she has been a guest on the Sound Bliss podcast from Switzerland, as well as meeting the masters out of Sedona, Arizona, and will be featured in our documentary titled You Are Not Alone, which began filming in February 2020 and is currently scheduled for release in summer 2022. We're kind of excited about that. <laughs> Christy believes in compassionately sharing her gift with others to help heal, grow, and stand in their own powerful light. So that's a little bit about Christy. And not only that, she's also a public speaker. And that's part of her sharing of her gifts. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me today. Not only that and all those things, but she is also our friend. Yes. And so it's been such a joy and pleasure to get to know you over these past few years and to watch this relationship blossom and unfold. It's so multi-layered and <laughs> we just keep peeling back all these layers yeah. and discovering more and more and more. And yeah. that's such a joy to be part of. It's the great cosmic onion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I love that. That cosmic onion sure is tasty. As we peel back the layers, I, you know, one of the things that I love learning about, even though I think I've formed my ideas of this. What is a psychic, what is a medium, and what is the difference between the two? And is it rare to have both, you know, to be a psychic medium, not just one? Mm-hmm. Well, it's really interesting because all mediums are psychics, but not all psychics are mediums. So a medium is somebody who can talk to those that have crossed over to the other side and are deceased, or a psychic can tune into someone else's energy and determine what's going on with them right now and then help predict the future for them. And some people do it uh, as a psychic. They are political psychics, and they will uh, go forward with our political views, and some people... um, on more of a a galactic scale, some people just individuals. And for me, as my psychic abilities work with individuals and their energy and their futures. And so every psychic is a psychic, but they're not necessarily a medium. And a medium has that additional gift of being able to talk to those that have crossed over. Now, it's, you know, this is just another kind of addendum to that thought. I get this with my work and I talk about predictive aspects of work because one of the things I've been negotiating as I write my book about time and time travel and soul retrieval is timelines are very interesting in the sense it's not linear and there's lots of different potentials with free will so we can change timelines. Yes. So how do psychics navigate the quirkiness of future prediction? That's a great question, and you really can't do that because there really is no time on the other side. That happens to be something I'm fairly good at. I would say I'm not very good with names, but with timelines, I am. And I can narrow it down to a particular window. But a lot of psychics will say, you know, there's always free will, there is no time, and so you really can't predict it, which is, that's very accurate. I, can, I can't say 20 years in the future, but I can say in the next, I would say within two years, I'll see this within the next four months for you, the next 18 months, the next two years, I can narrow it down and sometimes even as close as to a month and a day. And, you know, with a little bit of wiggle room in there. Yeah, and I always say when I see things, there's a high probability of it happening. But if I tell you to go outside and turn left and you turn right, it changes everything. Mm. And that's a really important piece to acknowledge. 
Yes, that's that's what I've found. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the free will coming into play. Right. Christy, how long have you been a psychic medium? Most of my life, I've been a psychic medium. However, um, I do have to quantify and say that it was very sporadic when messages would come to me. And as I got older, it became more and more developed. So even though I've been a psychic pretty much from the time I was born, it was very hit and miss. And I wasn't in control of it. If, when I got messages, I got messages. I didn't know that I could reach out and ask questions. Mm. It was just, if I got information, I got it. Oh, well. And as I developed that gift, then I learned it's like, I, you know, it's a two-way street. I can ask questions and, and get a response. Right. Not just a fire hose coming at you full of information and yeah. images and thoughts and yeah. ideas and whispers on the wind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's difficult to make heads or tails of all those. Yeah. Well, it really is. And then to develop symbols, because now, when, especially when I'm talking to someone on the other side, you know, if they show up, it took me probably six or seven sessions to figure this out. If somebody shows up with a two-tiered birthday cake with blue frosting on the trim, I know that that is somebody's birthday that has been in the past 10 days or the next 10 days. Hmm. And no exceptions to that rule. And if it's a diff if it's an all white cake, it's an anniversary that they're celebrating, but it's that window of ten days either prior or in the next ten days. But it takes a long time to connect the dots yeah. and make sense of all of yeah. that. It's like you have a key and you're yeah. kind of weeding through it. Okay, cake means this. Cake blue trim means this. Exactly, and it's different for every psychic sure. or every medium. Oh, yeah, wonderful. your guides are probably also doing their own refining bit as they see you make the dot connections. Yes. You know? <laughs> they are. When you think back to 2014 and this, this moment, this pivotal shift for you, what prompted that? Like, What was underneath that transformation and how did you really finally give permission to that big shift to say, hey world, and come out of your spiritual closet. It happened in one night. Wow. It, it wasn't even a gradual thing. I was studying to uh, be a Reiki practitioner, which is a level two. Reiki master is level three. And so every month my teacher held a practice session and anybody who had taken lessons from her could come and we could practice on each other. And so one night I showed up for practice and nobody showed up except the teacher and me. And she goes, well, you're going to have to do uh, Reiki on me. And I just started laughing because I said, well, doing Reiki on you is like doing Reiki on puppies and rainbows because her energy was so good. So she laid down on the table and I put my hands on her. And the minute I put my hands on her, I went, something is wrong. Something is very wrong. And I kept getting sicker and sicker as I kept put, doing the Reiki hand positions and going around her body. And at one point I said, I have to stop. I am going to faint or throw up. And what I didn't realize First of all, she goes, well, do you want to know what's going on? I'm like, yeah, that'd be nice. Thank you. Well, her mother had recently passed, mm. and I wasn't paying any attention to her mom making me sick, basically trying to get my attention. I was more concerned about, I was at a Reiki practice. I was concerned about doing the correct Reiki hand positions. And when that happened and I recognized it was her mom, I just, I, okay, I'm fine. And the instructor, she goes, well, you know, we can stop now if you don't feel well. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I feel fine because <laughs> it's that fast. And at that exact moment, I realized that her need for closure with her deceased mother was more important than the fear I had of being discovered, judged, like I had been my whole life. 
and that was more important. And I remember just kind of putting that proverbial stake in the ground. Mm. And I gave her a spontaneous reading with her mom. And I thought, well, she's safe. And she's not going to judge me like I had been judged my whole life. In, but little did I know that two days later, my phone would start ringing. I hear you're a psychic medium. Can I make an appointment? And again, I could have said no, but I said yes. And so it was those basically two distinct moments of me putting that stake in the ground and saying yes. And after that, it was about a year and it was my full-time business. It grew that fast. And when things happen like that, almost effortlessly, and that fast, you know you're on your right path. You know you're doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. We like to say, flow, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I was flowing. Flow, yo. <laughs> yeah. What are you, what would you be most afraid of that people might misinterpret about your psychic mediumness? One of the biggest misnomers is that psychics know everything about everything. And when we were going to do the documentary and we got shut down because of COVID, somebody put a negative statement on there that I had to be a fake and a fraud because I didn't predict COVID. <laughs> and I tell people, I don't know any more about anything than anybody else unless I'm in a session with somebody and I am tuned in to source and tuned into their energy. Other than that, I'm just an average person on the street. So that to me, that's the biggest misnomer, that psychics know everything about everything. Yeah. And oy, that's, it's a little maddening, but usually, to me, it's pretty telling that they obviously have never had a session, they don't know any psychics, right. or they wouldn't right. say something right. like it's, that. It's not about, guess what I have in my pocket, Yeah. <laughs> you know, or guess when the last time I had a drink was, or guess, you know, what is bothering me. Well, and I get that, not often, thank goodness, but who with people who come to connect with deceased loved ones, mm -hmm. and they'll say, what was his favorite color? Yeah, they're quizzing you. Yeah, what was his favorite meal? It's like, it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. And I don't even try. Yeah. Because, you know, the deceased loved one will tell me exactly what they want to tell me. And it's my job to be the conduit yeah. and, and do that. Yeah. And so yeah. it just, it doesn't work that way. No, yeah. mm -hmm. And you can't be held accountable for a client who shows up whose antenna is not turned on. Right. Right. Yeah. I think another one is, unfortunately, in our society, people tend to go down that dark rabbit hole. Yeah. And that's a big misnomer, too. I was working with um, a gentleman one time, and he was part of the police. He was a police officer. And I said, now, you have to be out in the street for three years, right? And he goes, yeah. And I said, I don't think that's going to happen for you. I said, I think after two years, they're going to bring you in because you're a born teacher, and they want you to teach at the academy. At I left it at that. Well, he went home and told his wife, who immediately calls, is he going to get shot? Is he going to get shot? <laughs> like, did I say anything about him getting shot or hurt or wounded? It's like, no, he's a natural right. teacher. Yeah. yeah. We're almost dangerous, aren't we? Mm -hmm. As, like, creators and dreamers, we dream up the first tragic thing we can wrap our heads around. Yeah, and yeah. I'll have a father, a mother, a spouse come through from the other side and say, I'll be there to greet you when it's your turn. And then people go into that panic mode right away. When? When's my turn to die? Am yeah. I going to die? And it's like, no, yeah. long time. Yeah. And that hurts my heart when people go down into that dark space so quickly. We forget so easy that this life is a terminal occupation. <laughs> 
that's all there is to it. And I'll just give a little plug for your book right here because I'm reading it. And there's a really great chapter about fear. And mm-hmm. you, you address this very issue, so get the book. Yes. <laughs> and that's the one between earth and heaven, the beginner's yes. guide to living a spiritual life. Thank I might you. plug that 42 times. <laughs> yes, we, we might plug that and a few other things 42 times. So we're going to talk about Soul Journey a little bit. As I approached you, you know, what was that like to come into Soul Journey and say yes to it? Well, it was really exciting because I'd participated in something very similar in um, another city in another state. And so I, I had a vision of what this could be as well. So when Astara approached me, I was pretty much all in right from the get-go because I am not all things to all people who come for a reading, just like I don't think anybody is all things to all people. And if we could... If I could be a small part of Soljourn and bring my gifts and talents in and share it with all the other practitioners, I just knew how powerful that could be for the clients. And they could, you know, it's like, not the Cliff's Notes version, (laughs) you know, what could take years for them to learn on their own, they could get an intense course in a matter of weeks or months. Yeah, it's really a soul immersion experience to accelerate your adventure and evolution of being. Yeah, I will offer that as we were exploring this and coming into it, the back backdrop of this really is thanks to Christy. So I had had a download on my 50th birthday, which is a little over a year ago. And as I was, you know, making that big mid-century mark and the big information that was coming through, I was told directly by my guides that I would create a healing modality that would involve me and other healers. And they would come together and they even visually showed me everything down to the actual closing ritual, which I just, it was hard for me to imagine, how in the heck am I gonna do that? So here we are doing it. (laughs) But in a session with Christy in one of um, my healing sessions where I was on the receiving end and she was doing her psychic medium role, she saw some, some things for me and saw a pattern from something that she had experienced in Sedona, Arizona as kind of a template. And it really just connected the dots for me. So thanks to Christy, I got the the kind of internal permission slip to trust what my guides had been showing me. And I knew that she would be the right person to put it all together and run it. It was something that I had, I, I was intensely interested in being a part of, but certainly did not want to have any kind of managerial role. <laughs> that's her, one of her gifts. <laughs> Hi, that's one of my gifts. So, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> You've been flying solo for a long time in your, in your field. Yes. How does it feel to collaborate with a group of other practitioners who speak the language and are open and are uh, uh, in tune, so to speak. Well, you just said the exact right thing, because I've collaborated before in people who didn't necessarily have the right intent, the right gifts, whatever, and it just, it fell flat. Mm. So as excited as I was for this, I was still a little bit of fingers crossed, and everybody that's been part of this does have really pure intent with the client's healing and highest good as you know the end goal. Yeah. So 
I'm, I mean, I still have my own business and I fly solo on that, but to be part of the collaboration is just a breath of fresh air to be able, especially when we have our meetings together and we talk the woo woo talk and it without somebody going, what, what are they talking about? And we're like, oh yeah, that's <laughs> fabulous. And it's so great to be part of people that are that incredibly talented, gifted, open-minded with such a pure intent for the client's well-being. I love it. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's the same with us. It's, you know, when we collaborate with other like-minded, like-energy folks and it just grows, it's really easy. Well, and this is, I think, even from the Bible, when two or more are gathered, yeah. you know, the energy gets so intense yeah. and it just gets magnified. And it's not just this person's energy and this person's energy. It comes together and poof, creates another life on its own. Yeah, three souls can change the world. Mm-hmm. Mm. It just ripples out, kind of like dropping the pebble of the mind. Into the pond of the heart. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do that a few more times, probably. <laughs> You'll get to see ripples. When you think of just your typical work that you do as a psychic medium, is there any kind of different flavor that Soldier has brought out in your role as you would describe it to others? What I really love is that when I see the client, we go on an app and talk about that experience to all the other practitioners. So when the client then goes to the next practitioner, they have an idea of what went on in the session with me. Or if some, if they the client has seen some uh, one of the other practitioners before me, I listen to the video of what went on in that session. So I can really tune in, I think, a little bit closer to what the client needs at that time. And we just keep sharing that information to I just add more impact and more power to, to the session, each session that the client has. Yeah, one of the things that I've noticed is where Soldern fills a need that I've always wanted. So, you know, when we think, why doesn't this exist out in the world? It's probably because you need to create it. We really express to others, there is this amazing way that you can be led and held and supported, and you don't have to do it alone. And so one of the fun things that Christy brings in this collaborative, she usually does a few sessions with a client in, in their big journey uh, towards the front and towards the end to kind of help set more clarity around the intentions, kind of do a little bit of coaching and intuitive guidance. So mm -hmm. it's, it, it's with your psychic medium gifts. How has collaborating and Soldier affected your healing and your life? That, I love that question because it has been fundamental in, in shifting or even another level of accepting myself because I'm meeting all of these incredible practitioners. And one thing that I love that you said, we all had to do trades with each other. And so every time I traded with someone, it's like, I love you. I love you. <laughs> because I recognize their gifts that I didn't have. And they recognize gifts that they didn't have that were found in me. And even after we all traded with each other, we continue to trade because it is that powerful to have that deep soul level understanding, recognition, and appreciation for all levels of healing. And everybody responds to things in different ways. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I can't say enough about all the practitioners. They are incredibly powerful, wonderful, gifted human beings. Yeah. Spirits. Yeah. It's just like, I, I want to call it a safe place to land. 
And I know I can call any one of the practitioners pretty much at any time and go, hey, and whether I just have a question, I need to set up an appointment with them and they will respond and we just adore each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that shows to the client as well. Mm-hmm. It brings a level of intimacy that you just can't find. To be able to have that kind of intimacy with the client and with each other is rare. About um, 11, almost 12 years ago now, it was right after my mother passed, I made a commitment to myself that I was going to heal no matter what it looked like. Mm. And that is body, mind, and spirit. And I've been working on it for 12 years. And to me, it's a lifelong thing mm-hmm. to heal ourselves. But I would say it's gone up a few levels with Sojourn, just having such access at one time to these beautiful souls in human bodies that it's just taken my healing to a whole new level. Yeah. Who have you found, either uh, human, extraterrestrial, or spiritual, to be your inspiration? Who are your muses? One of my biggest is Neil Donald Walsh. And for those of you that might not know, he's an author who wrote the Conversation with God series. And I discovered him, I wonder if it's 1998 when his first book was published. I could be a little bit iffy on the the year on that. But I was at Borders Bookstore when it was still around in the metaphysical section just waiting for a title to jump out at me. And it literally jumped out at me. The book jumped off the shelf into my hands. And I thought, okay. Is that a coincidence? And I opened it up and said, if you're holding this book, you are meant to own it and read it. (laughs) It's like, okay, that's all I need. Because he was able to put into writing everything that I've always believed and have never been able to articulate. And it absolutely, not it shifted, but it solidified my own beliefs. And I think that was probably one of my first steps in really starting to develop my own psychic medium gifts. Nice. I don't know if I should call him a muse, but what an inspiration. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And that is is a good, you know, what's the difference between a muse and inspiration? Maybe that's for a future podcast or a future (laughs) bloopage. (laughs) But yeah, wonderful. I love Neil Donald Walsh's stuff. And that book actually found me too at the library. And um, when I needed it most, it found me again underneath my couch covered in dog hair and dust. (laughs) And I dusted it off and... I, the very next day, I brought it back. I wasn't done reading it, but I knew it had to get back so someone else could find it. Mm-hmm. It was that important. It brought me back to my spirituality. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it, it was incredibly important, I think, to society yeah. as a whole, to our planet. Yeah. Dang, he's good stuff, good stuff. Oh, I recommend, and I own almost every book he's written, and I think he's up to like 20 books now, something like that, that he's authored, and they're all just wonderful. If you were to give a piece of advice to someone who is looking to take their healing to a whole new level and their own abilities to a whole new level, like in coming out and saying, this is me, and I'm going to have both my feet in the spiritual world, and this is what I'm going to do, what, what piece of advice would that be? Quit making yourself small for other people. <laughs> Stand in your own power, because we are such powerful human beings, and I think that's part of the fear of our society, we're scared of our own power. Mm. And the world needs you and needs the gifts that you have to offer. Don't hold that back because you are, we talked about this in a little different context about a week ago, said you are stealing other people's joy by not being yourself. 
and not developing your own gifts and understand that it's a process of your own healing, but that doesn't mean you have to be healed before you can help somebody else. It's while you are healing your own human wounds that you start helping others heal. But I also have to say it's a commitment. It really is. And that's a big thing for me when someone comes to see me. They, I don't want them to say, oh, it's a magic wand and doing in an hour. Right. Everything's going to be fabulous. Right. It isn't. It is a commitment to healing yourself. Right. And as practitioners, we give you the tools, but the client has to do the work. And that goes when you're a practitioner, sometimes you're also the client and you still have to do the work. Right. And I'm still doing the work on my own and with all the other practitioners. It's a giant leap from getting beyond, tell me what to do and asking people, tell me what to do. We all want someone just to tell us what to do. And not like, well, what's gonna come next and when is it gonna come? You know, that type of future casting, but rather how do I prepare myself to be open to whatever comes next? I have always said that life beats the crap out of everybody. Nobody gets through life unscathed. That's why we're here, to learn those lessons, to experience things, to accomplish things. And so the trick is the resiliency Mm. in between the the ick that happens, the lessons that we learn, because those lessons usually don't start out with joy. (laughs) They usually, oh, you know, got a little bit of pain behind them. And it's like, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? What is the gift in this? Because there is a gift in everything. And sometimes it's obvious right away, and sometimes it takes a while to figure out what that is. It's like post ixo facto, you know, (laughs) post the ix factor that we get through and we figure out what the next step is going to be. Yeah. And yeah. And have your guides be your BFFs, your best friends ever, because I always say they can't change your life plan, the lessons you're supposed to learn, but they can keep you aligned with the universe, with the highest form of truth and compassion. And I think that might be an opportunity for another bloop cast is what are guides? And what do they look like? And who, what, when, mm-hmm. how? Yeah. There's so many things around guides. In the meanwhile, you can get her book, <laughs> <laughs> Plug Number Two <laughs> or Three Between Earth and Heaven. <laughs> and she has a whole chapter on guides. Right. Yes. And it's something that I, I do in several sessions, not always. It depends on what I am guided to do with a client, but we'll in, have people introduce themselves to their guides. And what's the main purpose of that guide being in their lifetime? It's really, really powerful because there are a lot of psychics that will say, you've got this many guides, here are their names, which I think is fabulous. I do it a little bit different. And it's like, I want you to reach out, start from here, reach out and say, I know I have guides. Who are you? How many are you? How many of you are there? What are your names and why? What's your main purpose in being in my life at this time? Speaking of guides, if you could sit down and have coffee with anyone living or dead, ascended master, you know, a hero of yours, um, an archangel, anything, anyone, who would you sit and have coffee with? This is not going to be what you expect. (laughs) Oh, I love that about you. (laughs) And you'd think somebody who's a psychic medium, yes, the archangels, I talk to them all the time. You're like, (laughs) I have have coffee every morning with Jesus. Let's go. (laughs) I would give anything to have coffee with is Dan Fogelberg, a musician from the 1970s. But life has been a poor attempt to imitate the man. 
he is so underappreciated or was underappreciated he's not with us any longer but his music his poetry I, I don't know I can't count how many times I'd seen him in concert I just love him and one of my favorite songs that he wrote is called River of Souls listen to it River of Souls there's a whole um, CD I almost went to old school and set up album <laughs> a CD got a few vinyl over there <laughs> it's called River of Souls and the song by the same title part of it the words on that were um, to every man the mystery sings a different song fills his page of history sings his song and is gone It's about reincarnation. It's metaphysics. And if you really listen to his words, that's what he is. He's very, very philosophical. He's metaphysical. And it shows up in his writings in addition to the beautiful tune that goes with it. So, oh, I would, yeah, I would do pretty much anything to go have coffee with Dan Fogelberg <laughs> because I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Thank you. That is so great to find out, you know, and I didn't know that you liked Dan Fogelberg so much, so that's fun to know. Yeah, from way back. <laughs> He's, I love his stuff, too. Yeah, and most people just know his top hits. And those are beautiful on their own, but it's the other stuff that he's written that was never a number one hit that is just soul healing. Isn't that the case, though, with a lot of the good art out there? It's yeah. the B-sides and yeah. the unknowns. It's like, oh, dig in there. Yeah, exactly. And that's with his stuff, too. Fogelberg. Dan Fogelberg. Love it. I haven't heard that name in forever. I know. Well, you obviously haven't listened to my dreams at night. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a little busy. been a little busy. And with that, I have, I have a question that's going to require a bit of... Um, uh, a little bit of thought and a bit, of, a bit of tapping in. So are you ready? We're going to tap okay. in for a second. Okay. Okay, close your eyes. Take a deep breath in and say, oh. Oh. And now say, wah, 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 Christy Peterson. Tell us what the world will look like in 50 years. I have no idea. What do you want it to look like in 50 years? I have hopes and dreams of what it'll look like in 50 years. <laughs> you know, and people make fun of me all the time, but I believe in a planet, a world with no war. That we respect each other, we love each other. And some people you love here, and some people you have to love out here. But just because you love them out here doesn't mean you have to fight them. It doesn't mean you have to judge them, shame them. And that's kind of a society that we live in right now is judging and shaming. So in 50 years, I would like to see judging and shaming be non-existent and have love, support, inspiration, and nonviolence. Dang. How do we get there? Get Christy's Lead. book. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone read Christy's book. <laughs> Lead by example. Yes. Be I the think change that's, you want to see in the world. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it's one person at a time yeah. holding true to their values, their morals for a greater world yeah. rather than just me. Yeah. And the ripple will carry that out. Yes.
Mm-hmm. All right. So oh this God, is more thinking. This no is more connecting thinking. up to me plugging for a future book. If you could time travel, you can. Um, <laughs> and go back and give a younger version of you some soul wisdom. What advice would you give her? And what age would you go to? I would go to age 19. And the advice I would give is don't marry him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Truth is true. <laughs> oh, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> that, that was obviously a problem. <laughs> <laughs> For the whole minute and a half we were married, it was a problem. <laughs> what I didn't realize is that I was trying to make myself into someone that every, I thought everyone expected me to be. And it hurt him, it hurt his family, it hurt my family, it hurt me. And it would have been better off for me to be myself and not try to bend me, shape me into what I thought the world wanted me to be. I tried so hard to fit in and I never did. And all I did is cause a great deal of pain to myself and others until I finally went, no, not anymore. One of the things that I'm exploring in my book is this concept that we can't really change the events, right? So you can't, you did marry him. <laughs> but what would you, you basically already answered this. Right? No, I didn't marry him. You married him. <laughs> uh, Wasn't wait, me. I think okay. she's 19 now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, inside of that. Come it, back, Christy. <laughs> Come back. Come home. We love you. Inside of that moment with that 19-year-old, there's just this like brilliant moment of this wisdom share that you can give her mm -hmm. to help her through that moment that she's having so that in this present time, some magic can happen where she kind of goes, oh, and there's a lot less. It's kind of like we can't, the guides can't keep us from our lesson path, but they can make it a little smoother. <laughs> we can just kind of make it a little smoother. <laughs> just say no. And I think you've already answered it, which is that feeling of you get to turn into your own authority. And I always, it, I had this revelation in the beginning stages of my commitment to healing is that I was raised to what I call walk the tightrope of mediocrity which is you can't fail because you embarrass the family, but you can't succeed too much because then you're uh, raising yourself above the way you were raised and you're a big shot, you've got a big head, you're conceited. And so I spent a great deal of my life just that balancing act of the tightrope of mediocrity. Mm. And finally it's like, no, I don't, mm -mm, I can't do that anymore. It takes too much energy, yeah. too yeah. much time. And I'm not helping anybody by, by doing that. Learning to take care of yourself before you help the others um, with their needs is a metaphor that carries beyond the aircraft and flight industry. You know, drop the mask, put it on yourself before you can help mm -hmm. others. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you do, you have to start with a commitment to yourself. Yeah. And it doesn't take long before you can start helping others. But another lesson I learned is you cannot rescue someone who doesn't want to be rescued. Right. Yeah. yeah. Nurturing others unless they don't want it. Yeah. And then you say, bless you, on your way. Yeah. And sometimes you don't know what you want until you're right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? And you'll be remembered for way more than one thing. <laughs> but it's kind of fun to think about what your priority is. I think... 
one thing I would like to be remembered for is that I wasn't afraid to live. Because mm. mm, mm, mm. I think so many of us are so afraid of dying that we don't live. And I've never been afraid to live. And believe me, I've done some crazy ass things <laughs> in my life. But I, I, if I died tomorrow, I have lived a beautiful life. It has not been pain free. It has not been trouble free. It's been everything that lives are. But I have lived, mm-hmm. and I've had a great time. I have lived, and I had a great time. I have lived, and I have had a great time. <laughs> can you say that? We hope you can. <laughs> Hashtag. I have lived, and I've had a great time. Love. (laughs) (laughs) And with not being afraid to to live, it's don't be afraid to be yourself. But you got to figure out what that is. And that's the fun part of the journey, is figuring out who am I? And then go have fun. It's a quote I used to have in my signature. You put it on one of your Wednesday quote days, I think. But it was the Oscar Wilde, be yourself, everyone else is taken. Yes. (laughs) And I had that same thought, and I think our society does as whole is is that we have to go find ourselves, mm-hmm. you know. And there, of course, the standard response is no matter where you go, there you are. But I think what I've come to share, and my take on it is, is that you have to create yourself, mm-hmm. you know. And that that Oscar Wilde quote's exactly right. It's like you're never going to find your dream job, but you'll have a lot better odds if you create it. So in creating yourself, then you create the experiences around you. Um, as Astara likes to say, that um, our reality is all agreed upon. So um, you just keep surrounding yourself with people that are agreeable to what you're creating mm-hmm. and your ideas and passion, and you can't go wrong. And uh, this was presented in my consciousness not too long ago, just a few weeks ago, That, and right now it's pretty commonly accepted that we're all one, that we all come from a creator, from source, whatever word you want to use. And if you picture that as a big gigantic puzzle is all, is the creator is all that we are each puzzle pieces and we are a particular shape, a particular size, a color, a design. And if that changes at all, it alters the finished puzzle and it doesn't make the finished picture as beautiful as it was meant to be. And to me, that was just a, a big Beautiful. aha moment that, okay, this is my puzzle piece. This is who I am. And I better honor that, that color, that size, that shape, that design, because I'm going to make my, my puzzle piece is going to make the whole even more beautiful. And that's true for everybody. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been so lovely to be in conversation. We want to make sure people can find you online. Yes, ChristyPeterson.com. Yeah. Oh, on Facebook, it's Christy Peterson Psychic Medium. And, All right. And she has an audiobook. Yes. yes. <laughs> and the audiobook is on illuminatinghearts.love. And there's yes. a limited edition of the audiobook on a flash drive that's got a little alien face on it. It's just fabulous. And again, that's on illuminatinghearts.love. We're going to have links below that can get you to read about Sojourn, read about the Soul Council, of which Christy sits on. And when you go there, you can go to her website. Yes. And on my website, too, is there are links to Illuminating Hearts as well and the audiobook. Thank you so much for joining us. And... 
We say this again because it's important to remember and practice all the time. The best place to start is to drop the pebble of the mind into the pond of the heart. Bloop. Bloop. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to say thank you so much to Estara and Orion for having me as a guest on your Bloop podcast. Our say pleasure. that fast in time. Bloop podcast. Bloop, Bloop podcast. podcast. <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> Bleepity bloop. Have All a good right. day. Bye. Carry on. Bye. Thank you for listening to Bloop. The Bloop podcast is located on Omaha land. Sound engineering by Tiny Space Productions. That's me. And music by Illuminating Hearts. That's us. Your imagination is the currency of the heart. Building dreams into being. Listen to your heart. Dream. Build a wild new world with, with us. Tickle, tickle, tickle. Do it again. Killing me, Smalls. <laughs>